What is up, Rose? Anybody care to lax? Welcome back to the Crease Dive. Today is Friday, May 1st. And, uh, well, we've got a, a pretty big episode in store here for all you boys and girls. But first, let's kick it on over to Jake, who is uh, – you guys aren't able to see this right now, but Jake's got quite the look going on. He's, he's got these, uh, these blue light sunglasses on, looking grisly as ever. With, oh, I should mention that they have uh, orange – orange uh lenses so jake yes. what's, what's going on you you look like quarantine's been treating you uh it, it, it's a scene for sure well it i mean yes uh, yes i i i mean i i took a poll on my instagram the other day and said that i shouldn't should i not get a haircut until my iron man until after my iron man in november and everyone was uh made a, a resounding agreement so i am going to look like forrest gump uh come november time but uh, yes, I have my, my blue light glasses on that are orange. I look like uh, Sir Elton John. Shout out Sir Elton John. Uh, you know, if he were extremely uh, mountain man looking right now. But yeah, no, we're, uh, I guess since we've last talked, lots, lots going on. Lots going on. Uh, Petro's out. Um, you know. We, we might have talked about Petro. we talked about that? Maybe. Uh, yes, we, we definitely did. Did we? But either way, still, still, either way, man, it's still, it's still, still going on. He's, He's still, still out. out. Right. Yeah. So Petro, so more so to the point of Petro hasn't landed anywhere. Uh, the hop has a new coach. Um, and I mean, sours to Duke, like, you know, and that's, I think, you know, I'm getting nauseous uh, having to say it, it, like a part of me really wants to root for Duke now. And that's, it's making me physically ill. So there's a lot going on, man, and I can't complain. I, I I really can't complain. We also got a kick-ass interview, you know, for the for the pod. Uh, yeah, the the one and only the white whale, our Moby Dick, uh, Chris Hogan, uh, will be on the pod for us today. Uh, it's so it's been a long it's that. been a long time coming, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, the whole world shut down, and he had literally nowhere else to go, or literally <laughs> nothing else to do. So he finally agreed to talk to us. Uh, so yeah, we do have Chris Hogan coming up a little later. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Sours to Duke, as far as actual lacrosse news right now goes, that is story number one. And story number two is that Duke will be playing Memorial Day weekend next year. That's just a, uh, an absolute fact. There's no way around it. Um, and, and this isn't going to be the, the crease dive kiss of death. Like we could hype this team up as much as we want. And there's nothing that's going to stop them because think about what John Donowski, you sick son of a bitch, you maniacal bastard. This move to bring it, like, think about this attack next year. And I'm, I'm pretty sure they might all be lefties, which is going to be interesting. I, I, I think I never know with Sowers what he is, but I, I feel like he'll. I don't. I don't think he counts. He, he's both. He, he doesn't count. But so you've got Michael Sowers coming in to play on an attack line that already had Dyson Williams last year as a freshman. Dyson Williams had like, in however many goals they, or however many games they played, I think he already had like 26 goals, something like that. I, I looked at the stats a few days ago, so they're a little bit fuzzy in my head, but I think it was 26 goals on the year as a freshman. Sick, sick bastard Canadian. Like the, the Zach Greer to now Sowers' Donowski. Um, but not only – so you have one of the best freshmen – in the country this past shortened season. You have 
probably the best player in the country now transferring there in Michael Sowers. And on top of all that, you have the number one incoming freshman recruit and probably the, the biggest prodigy um, that the, the high school prospect recruit world has seen in quite some time and Brennan O'Neill going to Durham next year. Um, I mean, if, if you haven't been spending at least a couple hours of each day in quarantine watching Brennan O'Neill highlights, you're not doing it right because this kid is coming in and he's going to be wreaking havoc along with these other two. So like that attack lineup right off the bat, that gets you until like that, that gets you to like May 16th, like just them alone. And then you can like worry about the rest of the team making it to Memorial day weekend. I mean, it's not, it's, you know, Michael Sowers, as we've, as we've stated, as has been pointed out over and over, he's essentially, he's unguardable, right? He's a problem. And then, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, he, he dodges from X and he passes it off. And then you have a guy who, you know, to their credit, um, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, McCarthy, Connor, Connor McCarthy, close at Princeton, something like that. Uh, he, you know, was able to dump, dump in a bunch of goals, you know, via Sowers, and that's great. Like, you know, he's a he's a you know he's a Princeton caliber D1 guy, but now Sowers is going to be tossing the ball to Brendan O'Neill, who is far and away comparable to Xavier Arline, who is an absolute terror. He's a terror, right? He's a freak. Brennan O'Neill is probably one of the most electrifying players that I've seen in high school in a very long time. Um, he's, a, he's truly a problem um, and he's big and he's a bully. Uh, and then you got Dyson Williams. So it's like, you know, pick your poison. You know, it's good. It, it's, and, and I think a uh, good friend, uh, good, good friend of the pod, Paul Carcaterra uh, threw up a, a nice question on the, on the TL the other day. He said, would you rather have Duke's attack or uh, Syracuse midfield? Very good question. Love it. Yeah, I mean, you just look at, though, like what those three can do. And, I, again, I, I understand it's probably going to be a little lefty heavy, but I'm a firm believer that you win with your best players on the field. So it doesn't matter, like, what hand they are. Like, if you can't stop them, it, you could throw six lefties out there, and if you can't stop them, it doesn't really matter if they're all just on one side of the field. Um, but, like, I mean, Sowers, he he's going to – like he's he's a playmaker, he's a quarterback, and he's just shifty as could be. So you know he's got that you know that that real that smooth that um, you know shifty dodging that's gonna snap some ankles. You've got Williams, who is just a bona fide finisher. Um, you know, so you've you've got the dodging of, of like the creativity of Sowers and the playmaking, the vision of Sowers. You've got the finishing of Dyson Williams, and then you've got Brendan O'Neill, who can do really a, a little bit of all of it. Um, I mean, he's got the shot, he's got the dodges and he's got creativity. Um, so I, I just think that they have, like you put all of them together and like they just turn into a transformer of the greatest possible lacrosse player that anyone could ever think of or dream of. So you put all three of them together and you have yourself like a Thanos. So there Duke is, Again, I, I, I don't even feel bad about hyping them up this much because I'm that confident that no matter what we say, cannot mush the fact that they're 
that they'll be there for Memorial Day weekend. I know it's kind of, it's kind of scary, right? You know, but it, it was it's funny that you know I I guess fucking assholes on Twitter. I was you know I quoted a tweet from the crease dive you know the crease dive account because you know I don't I don't often like to bring my lacrosse takes to my main account because just some people who don't get it and it's actually more it's actually worse I should have done it from my own account but uh you know I said you know wow I didn't really see this coming you know it's ours to duke and everyone was like oh you didn't oh that's crazy because I did and it's like shut first of all shut the fuck up second of all like how could in the world could you have predicted that he was going to duke there's like nine other schools that were probably in the running Speaking of the nine other schools that are in the running, a lot of you out there, I'm going to put a lot of you in timeout because we've gotten quite a few DMs over the last few weeks of people with these hot tips, these hot scoops. Hey, I know for a fact that Sowers is going here. Oh, Sowers is going here and and he's bringing X and O along with him. Right, right. No one out there, no one out there gave us Sowers to Duke. So like no. we, were getting, we were just getting smoke screens all over the place. So I don't know if you guys were purposely trying to fuck with us or if you guys just had bad intel, but a lot of you right now are in timeout. Our DMs, is a, you're all in timeout right now. Yeah, all of, all of you, except for the Sours to Mercer gang because yeah, you, well, guys, you guys rule. And like right. he was so close to going to Mercer, like it he was, really like, was. It came down. It was like a you know the final minute decision, and 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 Coach Dino was like, "Hey, listen, son, I, I need you to make up your mind in the next forty five seconds." Like he really had to pressure Sowers into going to Durham over Mercer. So, um, what what could have been, but alas, um, no. But real also like a super smart move by Sowers, uh, just to kind of really solidify his spot post college across because Donowski's going to be his coach for team USA. And so now he has a chance to just be like, Hey, like now, like I'm your guy. So when we get to the next world championships, you know, I'm, I'm starting out there next. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a super smart move. We never, you know, we never said that Michael Sowers was dummy. This is true. He, he's, he's 10 steps ahead of us the entire time. So man, it's going to be a good one. Yeah. It, it's going to be, um, it's going to be a wild year and, and still a, a lot more uh, players are still in the transfer portal. I think we've seen, um, you know, a, a couple more, uh, someone else from Yale jumped in this week. So um, still a lot of guys on the move. We've seen pretty much everyone besides, uh, you know, like Nick Mellon, who's graduate, but I, I think we've seen everyone from Syracuse uh, that's taking that extra year. I think pretty much they've all, decided that they'll be going back to Syracuse. Um, personally, like I, I'm still a little bit disappointed and I'm, I'm sure that our guests coming up later, Chris Hogan's also a little disappointed that Sowers will not be going to Penn state, but um, you know, I, I think if you have a chance to get a degree from Princeton and then also spend some time at Duke, uh, that, that looks pretty good on a resume. And that also gives them again, a, a real, real decent shot to make it to Memorial day weekend of 2021. So no one invite Michael Sowers to their shore house for the summer of 2021. I think he'll be a little bit busy. Yeah, no shit. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of guys who've been to the transfer portal, which I mean, we kind of knew it was going to happen, right. You know, with, with everyone getting, uh, uh, um, you know, an, an extra year of eligibility. So, I mean, have we seen uh, anything on TD yet? I, I, I don't think that he's, 
I mean, I feel like that would be way yet. Feel like that would be pretty big news. It was uh, Brian Ward, the, the senior uh, LSM at, at Yale, was the one who entered the transfer portal. So, um, you know, I mean, if I was a senior, I'd do the same thing. I don't really, you know, if I if I wanted to play a little bit more, a little bit more lacrosse, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would, I would do the same thing. It'd be interesting to see, you know, like some of these teams, you know, some of these ACC schools that are probably going to get, you know a lot of these guys, like, are you going to go looking for, you know, it, 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 like say you've got two juniors and a senior as your, as your, as your, your starting defensive, you know, your, your starting defense, are you going to go out and, and recruit some of these free agents and add them to your team and kick some of these guys out of the defensive spots? Like I'd be, I'd be fucking pissed. You know, there's a lot of guys who are having to put in work right now in the off season to, keep their spots i think that's an interesting thing we haven't really talked about you know some of these guys are gonna be stealing spots yeah what's the uh what, what what's the saying something about like a rising tide something all ships or or whatever i, I don't know. know are you, do you i've never read a book before so i've i've read um oh frog and toad you ever read those books those were big in like the um the the scholastic book fairs yeah like the like the mom can i have 11 dollars and you come home with like 40 books Oh, and like a couple like uh, like wacky erasers. Yeah, those are great. You use like one time, and it's it wasn't even like a good eraser. It just like made your paper like turn a certain color. Yeah, or or like it like smelled like blueberries or something like that. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, I mean it, it's it's a cold world out there. But um, I mean, there's nothing you can really do about it. Like it's either be better or you're gonna get your job taken. I mean, that's um, it's kind of the way that life is. It's unfortunate for some guys, but, uh, you know, it's definitely going to, again, I, I, competition, it, it's going to suck for some people who get their jobs taken. That's, that, that's a fact, but for lacrosse on a whole, um, it, it's going to be, you know, I, I think at this point, like I'm finally at a point where I'm like, okay, like it really sucks that we don't have the rest of the college lacrosse season this year. But I think that there's now so much to look forward to next year that I'm finally getting over it. You know, does that make, like, I, I don't want to be like, Oh, I'm glad that there's no lacrosse right now, but I think that there's now like the whole landscape of the sport has been just loaded up on crack for 2021. And, you know, I, I know that I've never taken crack before. So if there are any crackheads out there who are uh, a little offended by my usage of, of trying to think that I know what crack is like, that's on me, my bad, but 2021, college lacks on crack yeah i would say so i think you know it's mm. dude in the acc man like what uh but between chris gray um chase scanlon and now sours like that is i mean the, like the, pe- people people i think that they've been hearing everyone be like Oh, is the ACC still the best conference in college lacrosse? Oh, like is the Big Ten taking over? Is the Ivy taking over? I think that the ACC listened to that and they said, listen up, you sons of bitches, shut up. No one knows what they're talking about. We run shit here and it's, it's all ACC from here. Yeah, it's definitely going to be all ACC going forward. And I, I think that, you know, I, I have the opportunity to retract the couple of comments I made about the Ivy League being extremely strong. Now, they were – at the 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 Ivy was at the very apex of you know talent when when all of this started to go down and I will not be berated for that I was right sorry for being right 
Um, but you know, it's, you know, it's either like some of these Ivy schools, you know, some of these Ivy schools need to, you know, kind of shape up or, or ship out because you know, that, that no grad school thing is really, you know, I mean, is it, is it really that big of a detractor? Like, you know, not being able to play sports, you know, for five years, but you know, you're, you're getting a lot of guys who are, you know, I, I guess they're getting a degree anyway in, in undergrad and going for their graduate degree somewhere else. But you know, that's, it's kind of lame. I, I think, I think the, some of the Ivy stuff is kind of lame. Uh, and I, I think it's very dated. I know that's very, it's a very hot take of me to say an Ivy league school has dated policies, but I mean, Harvard was open before the invention of calculus. So, you know, they might be a little in the past if you're really thinking about it. I, I would agree. I, I don't know any calculus, so I don't know anything to, to counter that argument. Um, no, I mean, I, I think it's, it's pretty evident why, um, you know, the Ivy league sucks in every other sport. And I, I think, I think as long as the PLL keeps growing, that's, and, and, and guys are able to start making some, some serious bank playing pro lacrosse. And now with this whole situation going on, like, I think that again, the, I'm going to, I'm going to keep your hot take going a little bit here and I'm going to add a little bit more fuel to the fire. I think that we're going to start to see the downfall of Ivy league lacrosse um, starting sooner than later with guys being able to start making a legitimate career out of pro lacrosse and you know, all this nonsense that's going on because there, yeah, won't, this- be, there won't be a need as much of a need to go to an Ivy league school and get that degree. If your goal is to play pro and make, make a serious living out of that. That's true. Right. That's true. It's uh, sorry. I'm, I'm uh, a good buddy. Ty Zanders, who I absolutely murdered in the quick stick blog, uh, Lacks Twitter madness bracket, just wipe the floor with him. Let, uh, let's, just put, let's talk about that. Once you're done with this point, let, let's <laughs> go with that. Okay. Okay. Um, but they just, he dropped a uh, top 40 grad transfer rating. He'd been working on with the guys inside lacrosse and it's Jackson Morrill uh, was the one that was a, a big name at, at Yale. Um, so Jackson Morrill's up there. Griffin Brown, who was easily, easily the best player on Colgate's team entered the portal. Um, I mean, he's uh, just an absolute freak. And actually, I think he he's transferring to Maryland. Um, I think he picked Maryland the other night. So, I mean, Maryland gets a huge – that's a huge pickup with Griffin Brown. Um, and then, the, you know, wherever Cole Williams oh, – that'd be funny if Cole Williams landed at Maryland too. Um, but, I mean, you're right. I, I think that it's, you know, in the future these uh, – couple of these guys really – I mean, it's the Ivy's really not going to be necessary anymore. Hate to see it. Yeah, and, to see it. and it might be a, a few years away, but I'm, I'm going to call the shot right now. I'm, I'm going to say once everyone that's in college right now, grad, like I feel like they're going to start getting um, their, their recruiting rankings are going to start dropping right away. Um, so yeah, let, let's go back though to, uh, so the good people over at Quick Stick. Um, so they, they've, they've got themselves a, a blog over there. Uh, trying to this is just quickstickblog.com. So they have Lax Twitter Madness. Um, so it was a competition of what, like 32 
members yeah. of, of lax Twitter. Um, I got bounced out of that tournament immediately by an eight seed, uh, one recurring guest, Mr. Drake Porter out of Syracuse university, uh, big, big Mountain Dew guy. So, uh, yeah, Dr- Drizzy absolutely worked me in the first round of that tournament, but our very own at call me Shido has just been buzzing his way through this tournament. So yeah, you mentioned you, uh, you just took out Ty Zanders in the semifinal. So it's, it's now down to you and Drake in the final. So I'm pretty sure at, at the time that this episode goes out, What's the deal here? I think it. So we're recording I mean, this on Thursday. I think that the voting starts today. So maybe you'll still have. So like, if you're listening to this and it's Friday morning, I think that you'll still be able to vote, right? Voting probably yeah. goes until Friday at 4 p.m. Yes. All right. So listen, Drake, we love you. you know, we we had a great it's time. Not, it's, while, not gonna, it's not going to happen. We had a great time while you were on the show. We'd love to have you back. But guess what, bud? This is America, so you can. Get your goofy Canadian ass out of here. We've got Jake coming for that shit, baby. So vote early, vote often. Um, how, how's it? How's it feel at this tournament? Like, are you feeling good? Are you feeling confident heading into this final round? To be perfectly honest, I didn't know that I was going to make it past Kark. I was like, Paul Carcatera, That's one of the biggest names, you know, in all of lacrosse, and I just absolutely annihilated him. So now, was that a big confidence boost for you heading into the Ty Zanders round, right? Like, you- oh yeah, for sure. Ty's Ty's a villain uh, to a lot, so I knew that the Ty Zanders one would, you know, I knew going up against Ty, great guy, you know, nice and handsome Baltimore guy, uh, you know, and he you knows so he's he's built with that grit. Uh, I just I knew he wasn't gonna make it past me. I was I was flying hot, uh, and it's funny because, uh, and I I wish that uh, I could have overnighted it, but. Drake and I are doing like a little jersey swap. Uh, so I'm giving him some of my hog gear and he's giving me some of his Q's gear and we're going to you know, just, you know, do the nice uh, ceremonial jersey swap. You know, win or lose, win or lose. That's sportsmanship. That's what the game's about. Now, is there anything throughout the course of this tournament that you've been doing different on your timeline or have you just been sticking to the game plan, uh, you know, just getting in there each day, grinding out, you know, some content uh, or, you know, Basically, have you have you switched up the mindset at all as the tournament's going on, or are you just going with what got you here? You know, I'm kind of just going with what's got me here. Uh, I, I will say that that more content pertaining to food and or working out has really you know jumped to the top of my timeline. So you know, I got to really make sure that people know that I'm working out and keeping you know keeping it up. And you know, there's there's been some food content that's really popped up. So I know that you appreciate that. You know, you're being a big meat guy. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not working with the grill too much. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more on the stove, uh, kind of a, uh, a Guy Fieri in the kitchen, if you, uh, if, if you will, uh, maybe with a lot less cheese. I don't, I don't need as much cheese as Guy Fieri does, but, um, you know, it's, you, you kind of just stick to the game plan and you, and you, and you do what you do, what comes natural, right? You do what comes natural. So that's what, that's, what's been making me through the, through the whole contest. Yeah. Well, so as as long as you're listening to this episode before 4 p.m. on Friday, uh, make sure you get over to at quick stick blog on Twitter and let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's stuff the ballots for Jake here at call me shitto, uh, Drizzy suck it, buddy. And you know, those guys are, those guys are good guys. Uh, quick stick blog. Um, they've, I've known, they, they all played at Elon. Um, so they're, they're big club guys and, you know, shout out to them. They, they, uh, 
they've been on on Club Lax Twitter. That's where it's where I got my start uh, at UGA Lax, and you know they've been around for a long time. They, you know, they're they're not uh, the bad boys of lacrosse Twitter like uh, you and I are, but they're they're a couple of good guys. So shout out to them. There you go. Just 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 smoozing your way to to getting those getting <laughs> votes a little bit a uh, little little skewed your way. Love That's it. Right. Love it. That's right. Um, all right, so uh, a little bit more actual lacrosse news before we kick it over to Chris Hogan. Uh, so as we mentioned, for for the second week now, uh, Petro still out. Um, you know, he'll he'll find a he'll find a landing spot, whether it's you know back in college or with the PLL or um, you know as you might hear in the interview coming up, per, perhaps uh, in, in Foxborough. But Hopkins has found his replacement. And coming to Baltimore from Cornell, it'll be Peter Milliman. So, um, yep. Yeah, so Milliman, he, he's been at Cornell for what two seasons now. So he's he's had a chance to uh, coach some some quality teams there. You know, and I think anyone who's been able to coach, uh, you know, talent like Jeff Teat will kind of understand a way to to get into a program like Hopkins and and get the best out of, you know, the talent that's going to be there. Uh, so Pete Milliman, your new head coach at Homewood. Yeah, that's the, I mean, Pete Milliman has done a great job in the past two years at Cornell. Like, you know, good Lord. Uh, Cornell's really turned it around. I think that um, I think more interesting than Milliman going the hop is them turning around and hiring Busick. Uh, like Connor Busick is 27 years old, dude. Uh, like that is a, that is a fucking step up, you know, as a, as a, being a head coach, I can't think of, I can't think of any PLL guys. I know that are head coaches at a division one school. I know a couple are assistants. Um, and that may just be like, you know, dealing with the responsibilities of, of being a head coach or, or whatnot. And, you know, like, uh, Adam Gittleman and the other guys have, you know, lives and other companies are trying to run, but like, you know, that's pretty interesting. You know, like he's, you know, I, we're the same, you know, he and I are the same age and he's going to be coaching, you know, the Cornell lacrosse team. So that's, and, you know, and, I, and it's, and it's not like he's like, you know, like no offense to a team, like, you know, like St. Bonnie's or anything like that, but it's not like he's going and he's a, he's a head coach for a program. Like, no, like this is a, a prestigious program in one of the best conferences in NCAA lacrosse. Like he's the head coach at Cornell now, it's still in, but I, I don't know. It's it's interim right now, but I feel like why would they name Connor Busick the interim head coach if they weren't gonna? I mean, Milliman Milliman was the same way. Milliman uh, was the interim coach for uh, a year, a year, like a year, I guess. Well, yeah, and no. They, what what they, I'm they saying is him. that is that they wouldn't hire him as an interim right now, instead unless of, they were, yeah, instead yeah. Of, they weren't looking for. Yeah, no, I, I like that. Uh, um, I, I think that. I think it's more telling to that there are guys who are four or five years removed from college who really have the capacity to be head coaches. I, I think that there's, there, you know, the changing of the guard has to happen at some point, right? We can't, you know, you can't all coach for however many years that Bill Tierney has been on earth. Um, you know, Tierney's up there and, you know, I'm sure Tierney will coach for the rest of his life. But pretty um, sure that I mean, Tierney coached Jim Brown at one point. <laughs> so like the you know you gotta like there's got to be a changing in the garden i'm i'm pleased that it's uh our generation um that's going to be at the at the forefront of it you know so 
Um, yeah, he's got a oh, looking at looking at his. You know, I'm a, I'm a big player profile guy. Busick's got a got an MBA from Cornell, so you know he's he's going to run that run that team like a business. Uh, so you love to see that. Yeah, just a regular little Andy Bernard. Um, yes, I, I mean, but it, like the game, we mention it all the time. The game's changing. The game's getting way quicker. The game is so much. The game in 2020 is so much different than the game in 2010 the game in 2010 so much different than the game in the early we'll say like the 90s so like like the, the rate of how the game is changing is astronomical so having a young kid there right off the bat um and maybe you know throwing some of those those newer philosophies about the game uh is is, is going to be huge and i think you know i think uh, that that'll be the way that we start to see more and more of these these coaching hires go because you know you're going to need a guy who uh, you know is going to keep your team out in front of that change instead of trying to spend a, an entire season playing catch up with the way that the the game's being played then and then by the time that you finally catch up to that the game's already evolved again. So I mean it's a good move by everybody all the way around it. I. I wonder where Petro will go, man. Like that's, you know, you, you got to think that his phone was blowing up and, you know, he spent however if, many if I, if I was Petro, I would have thrown my phone off a bridge though, right? It's like, dude, like I, right. I, just, I just spent, you know. 20, everybody's going to be calling, right? I just spent 20 years at Hopkins. Like it's like, prob- I, I mean, I feel like the, the pressure of that job is only second or equal to the pressure of uh, Desco at Syracuse. So it's like, I you know, 20 years of doing that, having his two national championship runs. And I, I feel like at that point, it's like, all right, I need to just step away, drink some wine, smoke some cigars, enjoy my time off. And then like, I, I don't think that there's ever going to be a point where he comes to, he's like, all right, I'm ready to coach again. And everyone's like, nah, we don't have a job for you. Yeah. I mean, they, they everybody probably came and called, you know, everybody and their mother probably, you know, blew up his phone so he's probably like fuck you guys i know i know my beer my beer league team reached out to him i mean you know your beer got league his team voicemail. Does, yeah your beer league team does need them um you know that everybody's beer league team really does need some sort of you know kind of cohesive member to keep everybody together um dude are you are you is placid gonna happen this summer uh it's like it's I, in like the worst state in the whole in the whole union yeah, well, like New York City needs to be. I know. Own, New York City needs to be its own state because if New York City fucks up the Placid tournament, that is because Placid's probably fine right now. They're probably clean as can be. I could go there and lick every surface at Lake Placid uh, and just that's feel a bold. Take totally fine. I'll go there. I will drive the eight hours as soon as we hit end on this record. Um, but I don't know. Either way, I feel like in, in some form or another, it's going to happen, whether or not it's actually sanctioned or not. Um, but yeah, so Pete Milliman to Hopkins, Connor Busick, which I, the, the only thing that I'm really pissed off about that hire is that I still have so much trouble with um, pronouncing his last name. It, I, I, the only thing I have, it's Busick because there's a coach, there's a very, famous well not famous because he's just a georgia high school lacrosse coach but he's just the he's been the same the coach of the same school for like 20 years i know his kids like it's busick yeah i but know but I, I, I don't i never i can never figure out if it's c c z or zc that, that that fucks me up 
I, I, but I always like throw that like C in there a little bit as I'm pronouncing it. So Busick, it's, it's tough. I'm going to get it, but I'm not thrilled about it right off the bat, but Connor Busick, Cornell head coach and Pete Milliman to Homewood. Um, Oh, and then last thing here, uh, big news for, uh, especially for our guy to Hoga. Uh, yes. But this past week, the NCAA has outlined their plans to let athletes finally start to make a little bit of money. Uh, so NCAA Board of Governors, they announced that they would support rule changes allowing athletes to earn money from the use of their names, images, and likenesses. Uh, that would come from, you know, third parties. So if any of these stringing companies out there want to use a college lacrosse player to promote their shit, they can step right in and get a little bit of cash in their pockets. So, um, you know, obviously I, I feel like that rule was specifically, or that, that change is specifically in uh, response to all these, high school basketball players deciding to go to the G league over the NCAA, which, um, you know, again, fuck the NCAA for taking this long and, and having such a reactionary response to this instead of getting ahead of it first, but there are a bunch of scumbags. What do you, you know, what are you going to do? But for the lacrosse side of it, I, I think that this is huge because, um, you know, there's, there are plenty of opportunities for these kids and it's not like, you know, I, I don't think that it's ever going to get to a point where you have to worry about anything like corrupting the game. Um, like, I don't, I don't think, you know, with football, like that might be something that you have to look into because there's a lot more money involved in that. But for lacrosse, it'll just be kids being able to finally make some money from, you know, stringing or equipment companies or something like that. So um, huge news for them. And uh, yeah, definitely would have loved that as my time as a D3 player because, you know, I probably could have worked myself like a nice little $5 off coupon at, uh, at the Chipotle. So could have used that $5 at the time, but I guess I missed my shot. Well, you know, the, the here's my, here's my problem. And I know this is going to happen and it's really going to be terrible, but because these kids can make money now, you know what they're going to do? They're going to get on TikTok and they're going to post cringy dance videos and get paid. And it's going to be fucking awful. It's going to, it, it's going to be. Do we, do I, we have I, a TikTok yet? Is I mean, there, is there a creep I, TikTok? I'm sure there's a crease. I think I, t I think I took the username, but I deleted the, the uh, app off my phone because they just, I don't trust that. It, I don't trust the app at all. Um, but these kids are going to make TikToks and they're going to make money off of TikTok and YouTube. And it's going to be awful. They're going to be like, I got hit by a car before lacrosse practice. It's going to have like nine question, question, you know, question marks and the kid's going to have like a hundred thousand subscribers and then he's going to, you know, game for the rest of his life or something like that. Or just drop out of, you know, school to go be a YouTuber. I, I don't know. It's going to be, I suppose that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, but yeah, well my, my neighbor TikTok once and now he's addicted to crack. So kids, if you're listening, do, don't TikTok. not even once. Yeah. Not even once. Uh, but no, I mean, it's still big news for, uh, as, as long as just use the money to do like actual shit that like you should be doing as a kid in college, like get, get money from a string company and let that, you know, buy your beer and, and some food for the rest of the semester. Like don't, don't be a bunch of assholes about it. Just 
get, get your money, get paid and, uh, enjoy yourselves. That's, that's pretty much, pretty much my take on it as far as college lacrosse goes. Cause I can't imagine anyone out there is going to be really secure in the bag. Um, but if you can get drinking money as a college student, that's huge. I'll, I'll take your silence as a agreement. I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> although it's, it's only a matter of time before the NCAA walks this one back to. So yeah, get it, get it while you can. Um, all right. And that, uh, yeah, that pretty much wraps up everything that happened in the lacrosse world over these past couple weeks. So I guess we should get to the part of the episode that everyone actually came here for. Um, so if you didn't just fast forward through everything else, we appreciate you. But if you are, uh, just here for the Chris Hogan interview. It is time to hit play right now. So let's kick it on over to two-time Super Bowl champion and former college lacrosse player at Penn State University, Chris Hogan. All right. Joining us now, we have a man who's played seven seasons in the NFL. He's been to the Super Bowl three times. He's won two of them. The other one because of my Philadelphia Eagles, but we don't need to bring that up. And <laughs> a lot of people might not know this, but he also played college uh-huh. lacrosse at Penn State <laughs> University. Finally joining the crease dive for the first time in a long time. We've got Chris Hogan on the line. Chris, thanks for finally jumping on with us. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, hey, right off the bat. Like I said, this is a this is a long time coming for us. This is a kind of a, a white whale episode for us. <laughs> I just want to know, like, have you noticed how long we've been trying to get you onto the podcast? Like, it's, <laughs> it's it's been desperate at times. I'm I'm man enough to admit that. But have you at least noticed how hard we've been noticed. trying I've to noticed, get you? I've noticed all your efforts. Um, you know, life life during the season's kind of a little bit crazy, and life life in the off season with with twins and a newborn can be even crazier. So, I'm glad. Uh, it, I mean, it only took a global pandemic to get me on here, but um, I'm 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 house ridden. I'm here, and we're talking finally. And I'm glad to be here. Yeah, well, uh, you know, thanks for joining. And so, you know, you mentioned the kids. So what what do you what do you got? How old are they? They're you're not like having to teach them anything right now, right? Like they're still. <laughs> No, just to try to listen to us. Uh, I got twin three-year-olds, and then I have a uh, seven-month-old. So they are—they're uh, doing great. They're doing great. I mean, you know, we don't really have to—you know—they're not quite old enough to completely understand what's going on. So um, you know, they've been—they've been doing really well. We—we we built some, built a swing set outside for them during this whole thing for them to exert all of their energy on when it's nice out. And other than that, they're they've been doing really well. So can't complain. Yeah. What, what would you be up to right now if it wasn't for, you know, the, the whole world being shut down? Uh, I mean, <laughs> life, life wouldn't be all that different to be honest with you. You know, the, uh, you know, my, the off season for me consists of family time working out and, you know, I, you know, maybe getting outdoors a little bit more, uh, you know, I, it wouldn't be uh it really wouldn't be that much different to be honest with you. I mean, we'd spend more time with family and friends if we could see them, but you know, now we just do it virtually and house parties, you know, throughout the week. Yeah, the uh the, the Zoom if if 
you know, you're a, you're a early PLL investor and I, I hope that you were also smart enough to be a, an investor in zoom because I feel like that those stocks are, uh, just skyrocketing. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so in, in investing in the PLL, I guess, yeah, I, I don't really know like which direction to, to take this in if we like start chronologically or whatever, but I guess, you know, right now, uh, you know, most people would be getting excited for the PLL season to start up. They've had to yeah. push that back, but, um, you know, you've been a part of it since the jump. So, um, you know, I guess we'll, we'll start off with lacrosse, then we can go to football, then we can go back to lacrosse. But, sure. uh, you know, last season with the first year of the PLL and, and, you know, obviously you're like financially invested in it, but as a lacrosse guy, I'm sure that you're invested just as a fan as well. So, uh, you know, what, if, yeah. what have your thoughts been of the, uh, of the league? I loved it. Um, when we when we first started, when we first heard about it uh, from Paul, and he approached us, uh, Tommy and myself, about getting invested in it, and just started reading about you know what they wanted to do, the format, the the teams, you know where they were going, the sit, you know just playing in the cities, they, you know you know every weekend, the way that they changed the game. I mean, it's fun to watch, man. I love watching lacrosse, regardless, but. You know the way that this game, the game is trending, and how fast-paced it is, and uh, the things that they did with, um, you know, the cameras and the microphones, you know, on the field, and kind of giving that people just a little bit of that inside information, just on the field, just making it a little bit more personal. I think was was awesome. It was really fun to watch. Um, it was really fun to to see how well they did this season, and you know, I'm excited to see where they go with this whole thing. What was your, what would you say? So like, there's a lot of stuff that's changed in the game, right? Yeah. You played Penn state 07 to 10. So that was, I mean, I don't, I don't want to date. I, I don't want to date you here or anything, man, <laughs> but that's over, over a decade ago. There's a yeah, ton yeah, of yeah. stuff, a ton of stuff in the game has changed since then. You know, back then you were, we were running with the horn, you know, yeah. we play, you could run in with the horn and all that good stuff. So uh, what was your favorite modification of the game? The, the honestly the quick whistle i think yeah. that's honestly changed the game um it at times was a little bit slow i mean that and the shot clock you know when when i played we could you know you could go up by a goal and then you could keep the ball for as long as you could keep the ball and you didn't have to score there was no there was no shot clock there was no warning um you know within inside two minutes all you had to do was keep it in the box all that's gone and I think the shot clock absolutely, you know, changed the game, made it faster, made people actually, um, you know, go to the cage and shoot. And it's obviously created a more fast paced and higher scoring game, which, you know, I think everyone, you know, from a fan perspective, I think has really helped, you know, people who don't know about lacrosse, at least it's interesting to them. Yeah. So, you know, you've, you played in the NFL, and, and I don't know if anyone knows this or not, but the NFL, it's a pretty big league. I, I, think, uh, I think there are a decent amount of NFL fans out there, maybe a handful or so. Um, but so, you know, obviously being at, like, I mean, that, that's the peak of pro sports in North America, I would say, in terms of popularity. Um, you know, so as you're, you know, with, with your NFL career, I've, I feel like we've seen, you know, and especially like recently, like we've had more and more guys you know maybe that didn't play college across but at least played lacrosse in high school like this past draft um uh who, who was it isaiah wilson to the mm -hmm. titans um he played lacrosse uh the kid uh, jameer jones out of notre dame signed with the texans he played lacrosse so 
you know, throughout your NFL career, um, like, did, did you notice that there were more and more guys that, you know, at, at least knew about the sport? Because I feel like when you probably first broke into the league, there probably couldn't be many. But, but now, I mean, the sport's growing and we see, you know, first round talent that played in high school. So ha- have you seen that growing in the league? I have. I think when I, you know, when I first started, um, you know, back in like my Buffalo days in Miami, no one knew about lacrosse and it wasn't really big down South. Um, so guys that, you know, you talk to from Georgia, you know, those, you know, those, those States, you know, they didn't have lacrosse in high school. They didn't, didn't really know anything about it. Maybe knew what the sport was, but had, you know, didn't really had no idea, you know, really exactly how it was played. And I think nowadays, you know, you run into so I run into so many guys that played it in high school, or they had it at their high school, and it's just it kind of just goes to show you how much the sport is growing. And these guys are coming from all over the country, you know, out west, down south, Midwest. You know, it's all over the place, and so you can tell that the sport is growing in popularity just just by seeing guys that are you know that are multi-sport athletes playing playing it as well in high school. Uh, are there? I'll take it even in a different direction. Are are there any current NFL players do you think that could crack the a PLL roster right now that that played in that played in high school or that maybe that, played it that maybe played in high school or just so athletic that they could probably pick it up within you know a year or two a year or two of training uh I mean I'm, I'm around some of the better best athletes in the world you know I think, <laughs> I think a lot of these I think a lot of these guys I mean you know it's funny to watch these guys that most of them played a lot of baseball or something mm-hmm. like that and you know I, my time in New England or even in in Carolina I always had a lacrosse stick on me um so like I you know I always would you know mess around and give give everyone you know try to have a catch with people and you could tell like I can tell within the first like 30 seconds of having to catch with someone if they can pick this up or not. There is definitely a ton of guys that if you give them a lacrosse sure. and let them practice, you know, they could, they could end up being decent lacrosse players. So, um, you know, it was fun for me uh, when I was down in Carolina, I, would, you know, I, I tossed it around with Christian a little bit and, uh, not so sure he would have been a great lacrosse player. <laughs> maybe, a, maybe a defensive midi, uh, a lot of, a lot of D middies in, in the NFL. Not great okay. stick skills, but can run and cover people. <laughs> okay. okay. I saw Gronk had a uh, something on his Instagram, or may, maybe it was Camille's Instagram last year, where he was running around with a stick, and and it looked ugly, but he at least like knew how to cradle. Like there are so many people where if you give them a lacrosse stick for the first time, like they just run stiff. They don't know they have to cradle. So Gronk, <laughs> or they do the or they do the excessive cradling. So well, I, yes. I think that was all. I think Gronk was doing excessive cradle, but I feel like that's also just like him in general. But I, I feel like you give him a lacrosse stick and like just give him like a couple months, like what, he would just put put his shoulder down, run through anybody. So yeah, I mean, a guy well, he wouldn't even need to cradle. You, you, the stick would be hidden. You just need to learn how to how to run through somebody and shoot. Yeah, and then uh, we we heard Coach Belichick say on a PLL uh, interview last season that if that if Tom had to play, he'd be a goalie. So would you agree yeah, with that? Hundred percent. He's not playing anywhere else on the field. Maybe, maybe crease attack. Yeah. Somewhere he's we not, just have to move. Yeah, exactly. Great um, athlete. Great athlete, but he would, he would do better. He more suited to play on the crease or, or in the goal. 
Yeah. Were there ever any times where you, you'd go into the office with, uh, with, with coach Bill and just break down some of the best lacrosse players in, in the end, like trying <laughs> to figure out like, Hey, like, Bill, like I, I know that you want to draft another lacrosse player here. So <laughs> let, let's sit down. We're, we're going to, uh, we're going to find you another guy in the seventh round. You'll bring him in. He'll be a great receiver and then he'll win a couple rings. I picked, I picked my moments to talk lacrosse with him. So, you know, so I, during the spring when, when uh, he's a big Hopkins guy and Penn state and Hopkins are in the same league now. So, you know, I had a lot of fun with that, you know, kind of got like a little bit of banter. I didn't get, you know, too excessive with it, um, you know, because he was my boss. So I didn't want, <laughs> didn't want to say anything too crazy. But he, um, he loves. I mean, he loves the game. He loves the sport. So we would, we talked about it frequently, um, just kind of about like who Hopkins played that weekend or Penn State or you know his sons are co- are coaches there as well. And I played against Steve at uh, Rutgers. So you know we had that connection too. Uh, never really got into like the greatest lacrosse players, but you know he he loves the sport. Petromala was always he always made a uh, visit during the season. He would visit you know for a game or two, which was always fun seeing him. Um, so it was it was fun having that connection with him. You might need to bring uh, Petro on as an assistant coach or something. Now that he's don't be surprised. Uh, out of- <laughs> now that he's out of job, you heard it here first. Uh, you heard it here first, man. That's that's so funny. You know, every 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 time that you know we think of the Patriots, we you know it's the Patriots are just like the fun, like the most fun team to talk about. I think because you know there's such a, a polarizing uh, a polarizing fan base, right? Like everyone either is all about the Patriots or they're like the Patriots are the worst thing that ever happened to the, the game of football. There's really no, there's really like nobody who's like, there's nobody mild mannered about the Patriots. Right. So nah, it's one, one spec, one end of the spectrum or the other. Yeah. So what did, what did you think about Brady? You know, what did you uh, think about you know Brady what? leaving? It was, I was excited for him. You know, I think he had, uh, you know, obviously no one wants to see him in a different Jersey. And, and, you know, I think he was at the point of his career where he wanted to do something different and challenge himself in a different way. And, um, you know, I've obviously I've been on that that end of those things where, you know, I've I've had to move on from teams and had to, to go to a different place to, um, you know, meet new people, new playbook. I think he's excited about it. You know, I know as a true competitor as he is, I know he's excited about the, the challenge that's in front of him. And, uh, you know. We'll see what happens, but I'm excited for him. Well, who are you looking to catch balls from? I think I think that's the that's who am the I? Big one, right? Yeah, who are you looking to catch balls from? Time time will tell. Yeah. Time okay. will tell. There, there there seems to be quite the reunion going down in in, in Tampa Bay, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, you, you mentioned though, just just you know, moving around from team to team, and you know, the beginning part of your career, you know, jumping around from a couple of different practice squads. Um, like, I, I want to like, obviously, it, it takes uh, a certain, I guess, person. Well, one, you got to be the athlete to do it, but also like a certain personality to be able to just jump around from practice squad to practice squad and like keep grinding with it. Um, yeah. Like, I, I want to know. You know, is is that something that you think that you would have tried to have done even if you didn't have the year at Monmouth playing football? Like, do you think if you would have just played lacrosse at Penn State and then you'd be done? Like, do you think that you'd still have like the, like, yeah, I'm nah. like a pretty sick athlete. Like, I'm gonna go try out for a team and just see where it goes. Or honestly, I I really don't think so. The guy, the guy in the on the other end of this call over here really facilitated the uh, this whole thing because Tommy, 
um, we went to college together and he was trying out for the league and, um, you know, he was going to go to a pro day and he was going to train and all that. And I pretty much was just like, sure, why not? Let me try and do the, give this thing a go to and see what happens to prolong trying to get a real job. And, um, you know, one thing led to the next, but if I didn't play football, there's no way I would have never even gave it a, a thought. So then it's probably like pretty crazy to think. So like what, what happened? Your so you, your bum ankle or something like that. Yeah. So, so like yeah. you're, so you're probably like sitting there in your dorm room, sophomore year at Penn state being like, Oh, this sucks. I can't get on the field. And like, turns out like that now you have two rings because of it. Yeah. 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 It's funny how things work out. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, yeah. I think, that definitely worked out pretty well there. Um, not, <laughs> maybe not so much in uh, in, in Super Bowl Fifty Three, but uh, <laughs> oh God, or 50, here we go. Fifty Two. Fifty Two. Speaking of that Eagles uh, Super Bowl, though, so you probably played with a lot of guys at Penn State that are big Eagles fans. So, oh when, yeah, they're all Eagles fans. So, so when that game was over, what, what did uh, what did your phone look like? Uh, I think most most of my friends were pretty respectful, but if I see them now, it's you know it probably won't. You give them you know two minutes before they could bring something of Eagles or Phillies nature up from to me. You know, Super Bowl Fifty Two will, will obviously be brought up anytime that we're hanging out. But um, I, you know, the I've been all, all my teammates that I played with that are diehard Eagles fans. I couldn't stand listening to that song every single year. It's like drove me crazy when I did, when I lived in, in happy Valley, but, um, you know, they were excited just for me, you know, as a, they were, they were excited that I had a good game and they were excited that, that the Eagles won. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Well, the, uh, I mean the year before that, the run you went on in the playoffs with that, that AFC championship, like, I feel like that, that was probably the run that like, kind of put you more in the like the the category where like every like you're like that guy on on the Patriots and you're helping them go on that run um, yeah. and then you know from there I feel like that's where all of the Chris Hogan used to play lacrosse at Penn State yeah. that's that's where that whole thing really started to take off yeah. um, I, I I didn't participate at all in in continuing <laughs> that that movement and and continue no you did it you didn't that, at all i i think i might have mentioned it like once maybe twice um, <laughs> but like you, you have to know though like that that was like a huge moment for the sport and especially when you started the the sunday night football um yep. like starting lineup player intros like yep. so so when you first start like chris hogan penn state lacrosse when you first started doing that for the player intros, did you, did you do that on purpose? Cause like you knew that like the lacrosse community would love that and appreciate that. Or did that start off as kind of like a little bit of like a joke and. No, it was not a joke to me at all. That was, that was something that I thought would have been like, you know, Mammoth was great. I love my time in Mammoth, and, you know, they gave me an opportunity to play football, but like, you know, Penn state is, that was, that was my school. That's what I did. You know, I played lacrosse there for four years. Um, you know, I didn't even play receiver in college and, you know, I'm playing receiver <laughs> in the NFL. And uh, so, and I had that opportunity, you know, obviously you grow up watching these guys and they, they mentioned their high schools or they mentioned, you know, something else. So I was like, Oh, this will be awesome. I'm going to mention Penn state lacrosse. And, and, you know, I didn't think that it was, gonna, it was going to, you know, blow up the way that it did, but it was pretty cool. And, and like just the, the recognition and, and the people that were just reaching out to me, 
um, you know, saying how much that meant for the sport and, uh, you know, what you were doing, bringing, you know, bringing, you know, light to the sport. It was, it was really cool. What do you think about the current Penn State team? Uh, and, and, you know, those guys like uh, Grant Amet awesome. and Mac O'Keefe. I've um, – I got some drilling going down downstairs. <laughs> no, no, no off-season for construction. Essential work. Um, I, had a, I had a chance to uh, watch those guys. Uh, last last spring, I went down there for a game, and uh, it was awesome. Those guys are unbelievable. Um, you know, it's just a diff- – the game has changed so much, man. I mean, like, watching those guys play, like, you know, they're – I don't know. I don't know if I would have been able to hack it with them. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, like – they're just incredible, man. Watching the, that kid shoot was just – was crazy. You know, I was – it was unfortunate that this whole thing happened and, um, you know, the season was had to get canceled because I really thought they had a good chance this year of uh, getting back to the playoffs and because uh, they had a really strong team. Well, yeah, Coach Sambroni is awesome too, man. I, I talk to him all the time and uh, he's really got that program turned around and headed in a really good direction. <laughs> Did he come in – he came in, what, your senior year, or was he not there yet by the time that – He wasn't there. He came in the year that I left. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that team, that offense is just unbelievable. It's, it's a shame that we won't get to see Grant play with him next year. But, uh, um, you know, as, as an investor in the PLL, though, that's pretty good news for you that, that he's making his way to the pro leagues because – Yeah, that I, kid's – he's incredible, man. He's, he's fun to watch. Yeah, the the amount of uh the amount of highlights he's going to keep all those social media people in, in a job for a long, long time. <laughs> all the highlights he'll be putting. Yeah, out. for sure. Well, is there a uh, so when you, I'm I'm always fascinated by the PLL right and how they how they kind of burst onto the scene. Um, how early did they reach out to you about the uh, about the league? Was it? You know, because it, they kind of just dropped it on everybody. Like, you know, it, you know, how yeah. early was it? Where did you were you able to see like, you know, it develop, or were they kind of like, Chris, we got an opportunity and you got to act fast? You know, did they? Did uh, they... <laughs> what do you say, Tommy? It was pretty early, right? They they they, they came to us and yeah, it was um it was done like a lot behind the scenes, a lot of behind the scenes uh, going back and forth with like Paul and Mike originally, and then mm-hmm. um, we had gotten a call with. <clears throat> Paul and Mike to kind of discuss like what their, their vision was as they were like trying to like assemble the league. Um, we at first were like, okay, let's think about it. Let's look at the business model. Um, they showed it to us. They showed us the deck. They showed us what type of players we, uh, that were going to be involved. I kind of had an understanding of who was going to be involved just because of working with um, uh, like Bill O'Brien and like uh, the Thompson brothers at our company. So like we, they were getting recruited to work with them. So, when it came up on the opportunity for the investment standpoint, it was kind of like a no brainer. I mean, we wanted to position our standpoint, like, Hey, listen, this could be disruptive. It wasn't a ton of capital, um, in their initial round, but, uh, you know, it was like, all right, let's do it. Let's see where this goes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love that. It, I'm hoping I, I, it's going to be tough to get a season in at, at this point. Um, you know, which is a shame, but I think like, 
like what they've been able to do over, you know, the, the course of the first year and then everything that they've been able to still be doing, you know, right now, um, like they're, they're still just churning out like content all over the place and, and still keeping everyone like pretty invested and, and interested. So I think, you know, even, even if, unfortunately like this season doesn't happen which you know obviously nothing's set in stone yet um but i think that they've done so much with that first year that they should be able to just keep keep moving along i think we're gonna have, i think they're gonna have an opportunity to have a season in a, in a in a certain type of fashion they don't know what's gonna look like yet but like i was on a call last week um with the 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 execs over there um and they were explaining, like, saying there's a lot of opportunities because, to be honest with you, they made such, made such a hype last year that, you know, they'll be adding a, a lot of different things to the experience at the PLO, which is even cooler. And I can't go into too much details, but they'll be dropping, um, you know, a couple different things over the next couple of weeks to keep everybody involved. Um, you know, it'll be, it'll be pretty awesome to see on the technology standpoint. Yeah. And I guess in their, you know, the fact that there aren't any home teams almost makes it easier where if they want to take that, that Dana White fight Island, uh, <laughs> I, I, they can just, you know, they can bring everyone over to LA. I can't imagine that any lacrosse player would be too upset with having to go to LA for the summer and just all play at one field. So it, it definitely helps to not have any, home, like, I feel like that makes it a whole lot easier for them to, to go the fight Island route, but they put out a good product, man. I think people were excited about it and they had, you know, a lot of good feedback from it. So, you know, if the, once all this stuff sort of starts to settle, I think they'll be able to, you know, try to get some sort of season in there in one, one fashion or another. Well, what, you know, what are, you, what are your thoughts about, you know, saying, Hey, Hey Paul, Hey Mike, you know, I'm a, I'm an investor. I, I kind of want to get on a roster. Yeah, what it, what it, <laughs> you think they'd give you a jersey and a, and a bucket and some gloves and let you go out there and uh, go toe to toe with Paul or Kyle Harrison? I think if if I if I got Paul on the phone right now, I think maybe he'd he'd give me a shot. Um, okay, you know he might think it's a, a, a you know some sort of stunt, a publicity stunt for me. But if that happened, I'd be in the I'd be in the gym finding a wall the next day trying to get my skills you know tightened up so that I don't go out there looking like a fool. So. <laughs> Um, it would that that you know we'll see you know never say never well i mean you've got you know the whip snakes are all the terps you've got the atlas all the hopkins guys um and you know over these last few years with the way that penn state's been building that program like it's only a matter it's only a matter of time before there needs to be an eighth team that's just filled with with nittany lions so right there i mean that's so, you know, maybe wait out the, like, I guess the 18 is probably coming pretty soon, um, right around the time that Mac O'Keefe will be graduating. So you get yep. a and O'Keefe and then all you have to do is just throw one of those guys the ball and all of a sudden you're leading the league in assists. Yeah. My, yeah. My job would be real easy. <laughs> Listen, we're just trying to come up with creative ideas, ideas for you for the rest of your career. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, yeah. that's what we're here for. Um, <laughs> All right, so here, here's another question. This this one's very random, but just some some quick ideas that I've I've been thinking about. Um, have you like is is there any resentment that you know of of so guys that were at Penn State like Penn State huge football school? Mm-hmm. Are there any guys that you know of that played football while you were there that are like a little salty? Like, damn, like this lacrosse player made it to the NFL and I didn't. Uh, I'm sure there's gotta be some salty guys out there. I mean, right. And, and like, yeah, like there, there were like some, like, like you were there, 
Well, I guess Stefan Wisniewski was there, so he so he's got a Super Bowl. But I don't know how many other guys that played there while you were uh, there. Evan running back. Evan Royster was there. He played with, with the Redskins okay. for a little bit. He was a lacrosse guy. He played in Virginia. Uh, Jordan Norwood. I mean, he played in the league for a while. Um, there were a couple other guys that I, you know when I, while I was there were you know were in the league for a little bit, but. Um, you know, they didn't last as long as I did. So that's what I'm saying. And, and it's like, you know, <laughs> like I'm sure that like football and lacrosse guys are like friendly enough, but like there's still like a little, I, I'd imagine there's still like a little resentment, like football guy being like these fucking. <clears throat> um, so, so to see one of them go on and, and end up with two rings and, and still go like, there's, there's definitely got to be some of those guys that are like this God. They used to come to our, they used to come to our parties all the time, and I used to tell them that I was going to play football some one way or another, and they never believed me. But yeah, tough scene, <laughs> tough scene for them. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, football. I, I'm always. It was pretty like, like, you know, I, I don't want to say it because it's going to date us all, but like back in our day of like the, you know, the late 2010s right uh, i can't think of many guys at least that i went to school with and i went to school in the south so like there were a lot of two sport guys playing two sports was pretty rare back then it's 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 more common nowadays how hard was it to go back and forth between football and lacrosse was there you know uh, a little bit more uh weight training in football uh, more cardio in lacrosse you know how did you kind of maintain that even through college um it was pretty easy man i mean like lacrosse honestly can prepare you for anything and the, the position that i played you know, you know playing midi um i hated leaving the field so like i was in the best condition that i could have ever been in for like any sport that i was going to go out and play and to go play football i mean the biggest thing for me was like you know i had to learn how to read a playbook again and run and run routes so like everything else you know came back very natural to me, you know, like eye-hand coordination, catching a football, that sort of thing. That came that came much more natural than actually lining up in front of somebody and having to, you know, run routes and uh, learn a playbook because most of lacrosse, you know, we have, you know, there's set plays that you run, but, you know, a lot of it's freestyle. So it's like uh, that was the biggest thing for me. So, like, the transition was really – it really wasn't that hard. Mm. A little, you know, little humble, humble on, brag here. I put on a little bit of weight, and I tried yeah. to, you know, take the, the strength training a little bit more seriously than I did when I was in college. But, um, you know, that's that was just me trying to prepare myself for, you know, the the grueling, you know, NFL and you know, getting hit again. I mean, you get lacrosse is a physical sport, but by no means am I getting tackled by linebackers that run faster than me and are got a hundred pounds on me. When you that's fair. When you first went to Mont, like, was everyone like when you first went there to to go play football? Was everyone like, yeah, like this dude is he's he's gonna be a beast for us, or were people? Like, I don't know, Tommy. You tell me, bud. What'd you think? You didn't even. <laughs> I mean, Tommy, the first was, Tommy was a lineman. He didn't care. Yeah, I cared. I mean, the first. Play, I mean, I was, I cared the most. The first play ever in our college careers at Monmouth. Um, first offensive play against Colgate. Chris read a slant for a touchdown and he never played wide receiver after that. So it was, uh, <laughs> we're like, okay, this kid is uh, something special. And then you saw him go from wide receiver to playing cornerback at, and mom was D1AA. I mean, 
competition now is way is a lot different than it was when we were playing but even so still solid competition and chris played cornerback like literally a, a cornerback and it was like i remember one of the uh coming off the field after one of our offensive sessions and our um we had a a, a um a ga a graduate assistant that was actually trying to become like a scout like a pro scout and he literally was i came off the field and he goes say i think chris chris gonna go to the league he's like this kid's gonna play in the league he's a freak and i'm like i think so too i was like but get him back on offense i'm like get him back on offense and i was i was a center but uh yeah i would say it was pretty pretty crazy especially more happened after when like um when teams used to come to our practice or come to our games uh like i think it was the jacksonville jaguars had asked to like speak to somebody but they were more like wanted to talk about chris like who is this kid? We have no idea about him. Like, what? What do you do? And then, I mean, his pro day was kind of where everybody was like, "This kid's gonna play in the NFL." I mean, he had the best numbers, and I think that year in the combine compared to all of uh, the wide receivers, he didn't get the run at the combine, you know, because he didn't play football in college. Uh, as that as that mammoth, but at your pro at his pro day, I mean, he had the best numbers I think out of all the wide receivers combined. He bench press. He did more uh, reps at two twenty five than I did, and I was a center. So that's uh, the, whole, <laughs> the whole thing. We still argue, we still argue about that, but it's a whole who, other avenue. Who who can do more right now? Definitely Chris. <laughs> Definitely Chris. I'm I'm I'm, I'm way ahead of. I'm a hundred pounds less than I was. I'm I, I'm, uh, I'm on the other side. I like being on this side of the the spectrum than playing anymore. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, so. You, you went to the league. So, you know, when you told those kids at Penn state uh, that, that you were going to go, you weren't lying. Um, you got any, you got a, a real good chance finally with the bills. I want to know bills mafia, just I, we, the, the, the bills God. themselves we can talk about, but as far as bills mafia goes, where do you everything rank is, in terms of just everything is advertised? Yeah. They're nuts. <laughs> I used to love, they were – I mean, I honestly, I loved my time in Buffalo. I mean, they gave me my first opportunity to play, um, you know, make a roster. But those fans were incredible. I mean, they, that city wants Insane. to win so bad. And, you know, we had good good seasons when I was there. We never made the playoffs. But no matter how cold it was, no, rain, snow, what you know, whatever the weather, can, that place was packed. And I used to live right around the corner from the stadium. And I used to get a kick out. I used to tell these people, like, dude, these people literally come on Friday with all of their RVs, line up outside the stadium, and the, the, the line will be, you know, a mile long, just RVs waiting to get into the RV lot so that they can start tailgating for a game that was on Sunday. Yeah, it I, was it was wild. I feel, I feel as as far as NFL fan bases go, like they the Bills Mafia is like as close to like like college football as you'll get in terms of just like yeah. absolute insane. Main, like I, I feel like the scene at a at a Bills tailgate would would besides the weather be be pretty similar to like a like a Penn State. So I'm sure you were you were pretty yeah. used to seeing all the. Yeah. All, all, all the tailgating going on. Um, Eagles fans are, are close behind, but I'll, I'm willing to give the Bills the advantage on that one. Yeah, Eagles yeah, fans are close is. behind, except they'll throw a battery at you or something, or spit <laughs> on you, well, something yeah. like that. 
yeah, the stadium well, is like in a town. So like, it's literally like people would, we used to, when we used to go up to every game. So like, there's a thing I think in all of Chris's career, I have missed like a home game. So like the Bills home games, like were my favorite to ever go, go to. And Chris, like you said, lived outside the stadium, but it's like the stadium's like in a town and people were tailgating on their lawns. There's people like asking to pay to park on your lawn and they shut down like two hours before the game time is like they shut down the entire town. Like everybody just walks. Like there's no cars, it's like a carnival. It's crazy. Yeah. And then you've got guys just dousing each other in ketchup and mustard. <laughs> yeah. Breaking tables. Yeah. Yeah. That's on the bucket list to go back to a Bill's tailgate just as a, a regular fan and just experience that. I think that's yeah. gotta be on everybody's bucket list. Yeah, it should be. All right. Well, well, maybe maybe we can maybe we can parlay this interview into a, a nice little group trip up to Buffalo. We'll <laughs> you know, we'll we'll throw everyone through a table, break out some lacrosse sticks. It'll be great for the game, promoting the sport, and just getting absolutely hammered in Buffalo. So I think <laughs> I, I think we're all set on that one. Yeah. So, um, so really maybe maybe leave the twins at home for that weekend. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, I I don't want to take up too much of your time, but, you know, we're in quarantine, so it's not like anyone has anything to do anyway besides the uh, construction workers you have still (laughs) in your house over there. Um, I mean, is is there anything else that's in the works for you, right? I mean, I I, I see that you're you're, you're shelling out some some sunglasses with the guys with Tomahawk shades. Anything else you got going on these days? No, I mean, just to be honest, you're just kind of patiently waiting for a free agency to kind of, you know, get get kick-started again after the draft. And, you know, I'm just looking forward to seeing, you know, where the next opportunity is going to be. And, um, you know, I, I mean, I have realistic dreams and goals about playing a couple more years in the league. But, you know, that's really it. And then after that, you know, really starting to kind of set up life after football a little bit. Uh, the Tomahawk thing's pretty exciting. You know, I really I like those guys a lot, man. They're they love what they do. They're pretty passionate about it and they have a really good product. And uh, you know, I've been in contact with them a lot, you know, trying to do some different things um, you know, in the area and around the country, you know, just to try to, you know, maybe being able to help some of these kids. You know, the blue light sunglasses are gonna be a big part of that, you know, just the amount of time that these guys are these kids and, and even the adult, you know, even the adults, people that are, you know, working, I mean, you're spending, I mean, you you got them on right now. You got, you're spending yep. hours in front of a screen and I'm sure after that they go and spend another six hours playing call of duty or something. So it's like, you know, I, I think I was watching the news the other day, you know, they had a kid on there complaining about headaches, all that kind of stuff. So I think there, there'll be a good opportunity to try to do some good, you know, in, in the New York area you know, which is just crazy affected by this stuff right now. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, the, you mentioned something that's pretty interesting. Um, you know, life after football, right. There's a, there's a lot of guys who, I mean, the average lifespan, you know, maybe lifespans, it's kind of a morbid word, but you know, the average lifespan of an NFL player, you know, widely ranges on the, on the, on the position, but, a lot of guys go in the league, they come out and, you know, what, what do they do? They go, you know, they might work at a desk or they might go be a coach or something like that. What does life after football look like for you? What do you want out of it? Um, just, you know, I, I've obviously it's been on, it's been in the back of my mind and I think more, more so now entering the last, you know, the, the back end of my career, um, 
you know, I've been thinking a lot about it more and, um, you know, what I can be passionate about. And I think that's going to be the biggest thing is, you know, what am I going to be passionate about? I'm certainly not going to go sit behind a desk and um, do anything like that. And, you know, obviously, you know, I'm a big part of who I am is my family and being able to spend time with them. I mean, my wife's a doctor and she just started her own practice. So, you know, I, I want to be as involved in that and helping her, you know, grow her business as much as possible, which is, you know, stuff that's exciting to me. And, uh, you know, what, what the future holds, you know, I'm not, you know, I have some ideas, but, you know, we'll see. Whatever it's going to be, it's going to be something that I'm going to be pretty passionate about. And, um, you know, it, it'll be fun for me to, to do every single day. Yeah. Well, I think we already found it out throughout this interview that life after football for Chris Hogan is playing on the eighth <laughs> expansion team in the PLL. So summer of 2021, you can find them out there. Um, so, and, and, and maybe, maybe we'll bring Gronk along as well. So, you know, maybe he'll have his year, he'll have his year in Tampa Bay and then maybe he can learn how to cradle a little bit more smoothly and then he'll be out there as well. And I, okay. I, I'll get Gronk out here. We'll give him a little. We'll have a little training camp. Me and him. We'll, I'll get him right. And and then I'm telling you that that kid Jameer Jones, who just uh, he didn't get drafted by Houston, but I think he like signed with them right after the draft. Uh, there was a video of him out playing uh, high school lacrosse, and this kid rips the shit out of the ball. So, <laughs> maybe this this whole this eighth expansion team can just be as many PL or as many NFL guys as we can get to hold a stick and they go out there and play for the summer. And then we can have, an idea. we can have coach Belichick, you know, coach the team and, I mean, right there. That's, that's a dynasty in the making. So it's like, it's like we figured it out. I like it. All right. Well, uh, yeah. And until, uh, we'll, we'll get the, we'll get the wheels moving in that. We'll also get, uh, our trip to Buffalo in motion and nice. yeah, until then, I th- thanks for jumping on, guys. It's uh, again, I, I'm telling you, if I like knew how to access the cloud and find like all my old text messages <laughs> from around the time that this podcast was just starting up, I guarantee you, like every single text was like, yeah, like Chris should be the first guest that we get. <laughs> it only took three years in a global pandemic, but feels great to finally make it happen. Uh, I, I was pumped to be able to do this, man. Uh, thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. All right, guys. Well, uh, yeah, good, good luck with the rest of free agency. And, yeah, everyone can uh, oh, go buy some Tomahawk Shades. No free ads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> stay, stay safe, guys. I have a going, fellas. Thank you. All right.